Welcome to my basement, everybody. My name is Victor Lucas, and welcome to the basement. We are going to do something a little bit different today. Uh, it's been a pretty crazy time in the world of the MCU over the last several weeks. The Loki TV show has uh, concluded, and it was wonderful. And I got a chance to speak with one of the show's stars, Sophia DiMartino, and I thought I would share that with you today. And Black Widow has also premiered and debuted, and it's already a big box office success. And I, I also got a chance to speak with one of the movie's stars, Olga Kurilenko. And I thought I would share that with you today as well. And I've also got reviews of Loki and of Black Widow. So today we are going to celebrate the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe in a pretty grand way. Thank you for joining me for this. And of course, this episode of Vic's Basement is brought to you by our friends at the Gaming Stadium. They are Canada's leader in online esports tournament facilitation. They've got tournaments happening every single weekend that you don't want to miss out on. You can find out all about them at tgs.gg. Okay, we're going to get started with my review of Loki. The sixth and final episode of the first season of Loki has just debuted on Disney Plus and I just got finished watching it, just got finished having my mind blown by what was a terrific climax, a great send-off for this, yes, first season. So spoilers, there's going to be more Loki. And more spoilers, we got our first look at the brand new Kang the Conqueror, who is played by Jonathan Majors, who does a great job. He's definitely uh, showy, and he was chewing up all kinds of scenery. But man, it was really hard to take your eyes off of his monologue and his explanation of all of these different things that he has been doing behind the scenes. He's been watching Sylvie and Loki go through all of their events throughout the course of the season, watching them understand this idea of variants and all of these crisscrossing paths across the timeline, uh, understanding that they are just infinitesimal parts of the multiverse out there. Majors just delivered an amazing kind of sense of his omnipotence and his power. It was a great way to wrap everything up. It was also incredibly touching and emotional as well because clearly Sylvie and Loki have such very, very strong feelings for each other. And over the course of six episodes, we've really gotten a chance to see that evolve in a huge way you know this is a talky show this is what I've really kind of recognized about this season of Loki and it's what makes these Marvel shows these Marvel Studios productions on Disney Plus really quite special because you know usually like in Black Widow which I'm gonna be talking about very soon here on the rundown uh, it, there are these huge epic action set piece sequences that sort of tie everything together and we know the buildup is boom 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 huge fight huge CG spectacle and uh, you know, WandaVision sort of played with that formula quite a bit. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier started off with a giant bang and an amazing stunt sequence and a beautiful visual effects sequence. But then we get some time to live with these characters. And Loki, I think, even leaned into that in a bigger way. Yes, there were some fantastical elements and some apocalyptic moments and scenes and a giant time and space eating smoke monster that we had to see. Uh, and also all of these varietals of different Loki creations. For the most part, there was a lot of time conversing and characters characters 
having a chance to kind of show their dramatic chops and their alliances to each other or their betrayals of each other. It never forgets that this is superhero cinema, you know, and that everybody's a little larger than life and there are powers and there are some battles and stuff, but there are some really cool dramatic and human beats all the way through, especially seeing it reflected on Tom Hiddleston, who has always been really fun on screen, but his character, even though he's duplicitous, has been kind of, you know, one note, very selfish, very sort of motivated by what's in it for him in all of the movie appearances. And in this show, we get to see that maybe there's more to this character. Maybe he's not just this woe-begotten, feeling sorry for himself, will stop at nothing for love and attention kind of caricature that he has been uh, having fun with in previous incarnations of Loki. In this one, we see that he is, uh, you know, very empty inside and he's been searching and he's been, you know, wanting some real connection and love. And I think he has discovered that in this uh variation of himself which is so funny right because he's so self-serving of course the the person that he has legitimate feelings for is a version of himself which is very interesting and very freudian um but it also was very human in the in the case of this character so it was very fun to watch that relationship evolve over time we get some more with mobius uh we get a you know a, a little bit more of uh, his motivations in the tva we also get to sort of unravel more of the secret of the TVA. It was all crafted by Kang to help to guide and steer the one true timeline and to try to cut off all of the, you know, derivations and, and deviations that were out there and let the giant sort of smoke monster eat all of these rogue elements that exist across the multiverse. And I also really enjoyed through the use of very clever CG exposition technology, we get a sense of the scale of this multiverse battle. There is like a more benevolent version of Kang who tries to take out all of the evil and demonic versions and variations of Kang across the multiverse. In lieu of us seeing those dramatic battles, which is probably stuff that we're going to start to see in the new Spider-Man movie that's coming out later this year and the next Doctor Strange film, because I think this multiverse is going to play such a huge part in where we're going with this, and so will Kang. But Kang got to kind of demonstrate a sampling of that with some cool CG work on his desk over top of his monologue. It was like a three-hander stage sequence in that moment there with Tom Hiddleston and Sofia DiMartino and Jonathan Majors, and they're all such competent actors. Uh, you know, there was a little CG sort of embellishment there to push the plot forward and to build up some excitement and stuff. But it was really their work and their way with words and their truth uh, in those moments that played so convincingly. This was a fantastic puzzle piece. It was almost like an X-Files across the cosmos kind of mystery, like who done it, you know? Who created the TVA and what's really happening and what are all of these branches in the timeline? Where, where is this all leading? And of course it's building to more, um, but I think the great reveal at the end of Kang, but also that there's more Loki coming and that the ramifications, like there's gonna be another season of Loki, which is so exciting, but the ramifications of this across the MCU, which is punctuated by the opening sequence over the titles with all kinds of voice recordings from previous entries in the MCU, it was brilliant. I mean, it really shows that all of these moments have been observed 
and they're all leading to something really mega and really massive and of course it's all connected. I've felt like Loki has been a little bit of a slow burn and I still do. I still feel like it's definitely not as flashy as what WandaVision, even though there's lots of magical powers and stuff, it's not as flashy as WandaVision was with all of its different uh, time-bending sitcom uh, variations and it wasn't maybe as uh, thrilling and punchy and dynamic as the Falcon and the Winter Soldier was. It's incredibly satisfying. Wow, what a great, great series this Loki show is. And my hats are off to all of the creative people that had to build all of these sets and all of these different worlds for our characters to visit with limitations that you can see but they did a really, really wonderful job. It's such great bridge content too to where the MCU goes now, you know? And I, that was, I think, part of the, the reason why this was crafted. I'm so excited that we're getting more, more Loki, but more from the threads that are being laid uh, and, and so effectively laid by this first season. Absolutely loved it. I think I'm still, WandaVision is my favorite MCU uh, Marvel Studios show so far, then Loki and then the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but uh, Loki is incredible. And another massive, massive shout out for the music in this series, which is just marvelous. Uh, no pun intended. You really, really need to get caught up on Loki if you haven't been watching it, but I'm sure you've watched this review and I've spoiled a bunch of stuff and I, I, I think you probably are watching it and you're probably uh, as happy as I am, but let me know in the comments down below. I'm gonna give the Loki television show an 8.5 out of 10 and I cannot wait for more. All right, you guys, let's meet Loki's Sophia DiMartino. Uh, Victor Lucas from the Electric Playground. Sophia, it is uh, wonderful to meet you. Um, talk to me first about your character, Sylvie. Who is she? Sylvie is um, a variant of Loki. Um, mm -hmm. And she's also Sylvie. She's sort of recreated herself and she's... She now goes by Sylvie. Uh, she's a she's a new a new character with a new backstory, and um, yeah, it's sort of inspired by the comics, um, but a, a new story that we're telling. How does it feel to be a, a central figure um, that is sort of reshaping what we understand about the entire MCU? Ooh, when you put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no pressure. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, super exciting, and you know, I'm just enjoying this moment, and um, really, yeah, it's just so cool watching people's reactions to the show, how much people are engaging with the character and the series, and we're all kind of overwhelmed by it, but very happy that uh, people seem to be enjoying it. Are you all looking to Tom Hiddleston, uh, you know, for a little bit of guidance with all of this? Because he's been a part of this insanity for so long. Does he have words of wisdom to help guide you through all this? Yeah, he does. And he's he's so valuable. He, he's, you know, we I I always go to Tom with any question I have about about the the character or the the universe. Um, and he is just a wealth of knowledge and like you say a really great guide actually you know he did these loki lectures at the beginning of filming um for a lot of the crew and some of the cast you know heads of department and things and it was great to get us all on the same page and get us all really excited about making the show he's really um a force of nature is tom and he, he you know it starts with that great energy at the top and i think it filters down through through all of us and you see that on screen and um, he just throws 
everything at it and he cares awesome. so much there was uh, it seemed to be kind of like a single shot in um the third episode where you've got all kinds of chaos and uh, a spaceship blowing up and a city being you know being destroyed all around you and you were running through the environment talk to me what that was like for you and tom hiddleston to kind of deal with all of this stuff Oh, it was so much fun. I really loved shooting that scene. We call it the Sheru Wana because the town was called Sheru and we made it look like a one shot. But it, there were like four or five little, you know, secret sure. stitches in there to stitch it together. Um, but yeah, it was like a few night shoots. Um, so we were all exhausted and delirious, and which is always fun. And Tom had got like food trucks, a different food truck every night. One night we had these incredible sesame fries. Um, you know, another <laughs> night we'd have donuts. So it was like a party kind of, but with work. And, you know, we did a lot of rehearsals and then a few takes of each of each stitch. But because everyone was just so on it and the stunt team and the special effects team, you know, with all the explosions and everything, they're so good at their jobs that yeah. it, it, would, it was just so, it was kind of, I don't want to say easy, but it, 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 was, it was challenging, but it it worked out and yeah. yeah i think we we wrapped early and it looks amazing because that the team is just so great at what they do yeah there was a technical quality to it you don't know where the practical effects end and the cg kind of begins and i'm wondering what that must be like from the performer's eyes i mean it must be because you had a lot of visual stimulation all around you but clearly it was embellished yeah, yeah, it was definitely embellished. I think on the, you know, we still had explosions and rubble and smoke and, you know, bat loud noises and things to react to. And then Kate would just be like, oh, and above that will be a building falling or, you know, to the right of that will be another explosion or there's a fire down there. And, you know, so you'd, <laughs> you'd be imagining all the extra stuff as well. But that whole thing was a set build um, that Kazra, the designer, created and it just looked so beautiful, especially at night, because it had all of this cool UV paint on it that just lit it up so magical. Yeah, it was, it was really beautiful. Cool set. Okay, I, I don't want you to spoil too much because I'm along for this ride and I'm loving the show, but give us a taste of where we're going from here with Sylvie. Ah, <sighs> well... Yeah, I can't say anything without spoiling it, really. <laughs> um, but there's more. There's more to come. It's, it might get a bit weirder. It, it's going to be surprising. Hopefully, you know, you'll love it just as much. Um, you know, we're only three episodes in. We're only halfway. So, know. you know, we've got a fair whack to go yet. And yeah, I just hope people enjoy the rest of it. I'm really excited uh, for next, you know, Wednesday. <laughs> as am I. Great to meet you. Thank you so much, Sophia. Thanks, Victor. Nice to meet you, too. Cheers. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, it's not just been Loki that's had me excited about the MCU over the last little while. I've also been incredibly pleased with Black Widow, and I got to speak with one of its stars. Black Widow premiered in theaters and on Disney Plus's premiere access on July 9th, and it had an incredible weekend, broke all kinds of great box office records, and it's one of the most successful origin movies in the MCU released so far. I really enjoyed the film. It's loaded with all kinds of really cool James Bond winks. You see a little glimpse of Moonraker even in this thing. It's hard to kind of escape the shadow of James Bond. Of course, Rachel Weisz is married to James Bond himself, Daniel Craig. But the biggest James Bond wink in the movie is the fact that Olga Kirilenko is in this film, and not only is she in this film, she plays a key central character, and spoiler alert, 
It's Taskmaster, which I know is a little bit controversial out there, but there have been examples of female versions of Taskmaster in the Marvel Universe before, in the comics universe. But I just thought it was a really cool take on this character because Antonia Drakoff, who she plays, is such a tragic character. Her father, General Drakoff, played by Ray Winstone, is the founder of the Red Room, which of course is the organization that trains all of these young girls to become lethal assassins like Natasha Romanoff and Drakoff is such an incredible villain Winstone is amazing as the character and he's so insidious and it's just such an awful evil maniacal plan that he's got these women sort of infiltrating all of the world's sort of power centers their lethal tools basically and he does it to his own daughter it's so awful and the Taskmaster sequences are absolutely stunning in Black Widow as well it's a movie just bursting with really cool stunt work and terrific over the the top espionage flavored moments as well as some really funny and cool human bits as well I loved Red Guardian I loved Melina played by Rachel Weiss and Florence Pugh is fantastic in this film uh, I really want more from Red Guardian. I would love to see Florence Pugh in the MCU. And it looks like um, the, the fact that she meets up with Julia Louis-Dreyfus's character at the end of the film kind of suggests that the Thunderbolts might be happening, which could be really cool down the road. But there's a lot of open sort of doors, lots of loose threads sort of left, as is sort of the case in almost every MCU film out there. But I would love to see Red Guardian especially go back in time and revisit some of the stuff that he alludes to, some of these you know connections to Captain America. Even though Captain America is uh, supposedly you know, locked on ice during a lot of what he suggests he had as encounters with the character. I know that Marvel can play with that, right? They're, they're playing with time like crazy right now. They did an endgame, they're doing it in Loki, gonna be about to do it with Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. Maybe there's a way to get Steve Rogers and David Harbour's Red Guardian together. That would be incredible. But there's lots to sink our teeth into in Black Widow. And Taskmaster is definitely one of the highlight elements of the movie. So it was a big thrill for me to speak with Olga Kirilenko. Olga, it must feel pretty good to finally be able to talk to people about your character in this movie, who is a big surprise in Black Widow, huh? I know, it's great. I don't have to keep it secret anymore. Finally, <laughs> two years. <laughs> we were hoping, but normally it should have been one year, but obviously... We have encountered uh, unexpected uh, obstacles uh, with the pandemic. And yes, um, it's amazing to be able to speak about it. Even my mom only found out two days ago. Oh, that's amazing. Well, you keep a very good secret. I guess that's part of the, uh, that's part of the job, right? Whether you're in espionage or in these espionage movies. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm all of that in my real life as well. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, talk, talk to me a little bit about your character, Antonia Drakoff. Who is she and uh, why is she so important to the story of Black Widow? Well, Antonia um, is the daughter of, uh, of the villain, the big villain who, um, who operates the Red Room. The backstory is uh, that she, um, as a child, she goes through um, a big accident, she goes through um, um, physical trauma, but also we, uh, we realize that she's uh, clearly uh, probably abused by, uh, by her father in an emotional way and in a manipulative way. And he, um, in order to save her, he makes her a killing machine and, and he makes her his tool um, and makes her um, uh, completely manipulates her uh, and makes her a, a, a weapon of war um, 
And what's interesting is that what uh, we've seen, what we've seen is the facade of the ma Taskmaster and it's, it's a very skillful, useful machine and um, who, who is killing and is cold blooded. But underneath uh, that armor, there is, a, there is a woman who has been hurt and who is suffering. Because I think uh, being stripped of your freedom in that way is quite a quite a terrible thing to live through your whole life. Um, oh, it's and, horrifying. Uh, yeah, it's, it's done by by the person who is closest to her. It's her own father, and that is ten times more terrifying than if it's done to you by a stranger. So there's a, yeah, there's a lot to that character. Um, um, a lot of pain and suffering. And, yeah, yeah. that we got a glimpse of it. There's not much to explore that in, in in the film. There's not much time for it, but we do get a glimpse of it, and uh, it's 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 cool that we see that. that There's a tremendous amount of action in the movie, and I'm I'm wondering if um, you had to you know perform some of the stunt work and get into the sort of stunt reality of Taskmaster. Uh, I would have loved uh, to have done it all. Um, um, <laughs> I don't have all of the Taskmaster skills, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> I'd love to pretend that I do. Um, I was, of course, um, um, thankfully uh, to, to the amazing uh, stunt team, I was um, dubbed uh, a lot. And uh, what's interesting is that on, uh, on, on action films, I, you know, every actor has a stunt double and I usually have a stunt double but for Taskmaster I have I had several stunt doubles an army that's yeah <laughs> that's how complicated the character is and how all these amazing skills that the character has just can't even be done by one person because one person can be specialized in all of that and yeah, totally. people that specialize in certain tasks that the Taskmaster does and uh, so every lots of people were involved including me so that was uh, it's uh it's quite, quite a tough one to pull off and it's very complex character and physically as well so yeah um but obviously look if i if i had the time to you know to prepare for it for a long time i would have loved to do as much as i can by myself i love doing stunts and uh, wow. i've always been a fan of martial arts and um my dream, it's so funny, my dream was I was a, a child, I was a little girl, was to was to be a martial art, uh, um, you know, like a, a like champion, you know, I wanted, and my mother didn't let me. Can you believe it? Isn't that funny that I ended up, my mother said no. <laughs> you know why? <laughs> she said, yeah, it's something that's really good, like, uh, she said, she said, uh, she said that's for the boys and she oh, said oh wow okay. yeah and ballet is for girls you're gonna do ballet and guess what i grew up and i'm i'm doing what i want <laughs> and, well, uh, but yeah black widow my, sure my flies in the face of that then, doesn't it yeah back then they didn't know any better and it's so funny she was so like afraid but this was my dream so i already had the tendency like i said mom i want to fight she said you so we're gonna fight. You have to dance. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm, I'm not doing it. So it's great. awesome. Well, Olga, I've been a fan since Quantum of Solace, and it's a real treat to speak with you. And congratulations again on Black Widow. Thank you.
Let's get a little bit more into the espionage section of the MCU. Marvel's Black Widow movie premiered on July 9th after many, many delays during this pandemic, and it's a movie that I have been incredibly excited to finally watch. Disney shot me out a, a review code, so I was able to stream the film, and I enjoyed the heck out of this movie. But I also got to take part in a Black Widow press conference, which was attended by Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, David Harbour, Rachel Weisz, Kate Shortland, the director of the film, and Kevin Feige. And I have to tell you, it was a real treat to be able to hear from all of these creators who put together a very, very enjoyable film. This is a much different tale in the MCU than what we've seen before. There isn't really a, a huge emphasis on super heroics and larger than life superpowers. It's much more spy centric. Of course, everything is, you know, it's like a Jason Bourne or a James Bond movie um, amped up, you know, not quite super serum, but maybe just below that. So some of the fight sequences and stuff that happen in this film, particularly when we see Black Widow going up against Taskmaster, get pretty ferocious, and there's quite a bit of airtime in the battles, and there's some stuff that's like super over the top in terms of characters leaping out of flying craft and then landing on falling debris and continuing to fight. But it is thrilling. What I was surprised about, though, with Black Widow was how emotionally connected it was. It reminded me a lot of the Americans TV show that stars Carrie Russell and Matthew Reese, which is an excellent show if you've never watched The Americans, because we get a, a setup of a family that Natasha Romanoff understood and knew um, but then had ripped out of her control. And we also dig deep into the really horrific backstory of Natasha Romanoff, who is a trained killer. She's been stripped of her humanity, and she's part of this elite assortment of young girls that are turned into trained killers. And we understand why the sort of evil overlord has been putting named Commander Dracoff played by an excellent Ray Winstone who is terrific as a villain man he is somebody that you really despise in this movie so hats off to uh, Mr. Winstone he's a convincing scumbag um, but you get a, a sense of you know why this maniac has been able to utilize all of these girls as these tools for destruction all over the world and the Black Widow army all of these female assassins really play convincingly on screen as well. The action is really slick in this thing. It reminds me a lot of what we saw in Captain America, The Winter Soldier. So there's a kineticism, there is just this ferocity. It feels like it just won't stop, you know? It's just relentless and it's really cool. And to see Taskmaster in action as well, where you see the character kind of employ a lot of familiar beats from Marvel's superhero moves that we've seen in previous MCU films, that was absolutely a highlight. But at the heart of this movie, the reason why it works are all of these terrific character beats that are in there. Rachel Weisz is terrific as Molina. David Harbour almost walks away with the movie because he's so bloody funny as the Red Guardian who, you know, has this score to settle, this chip on his shoulder uh, about Captain America. And it's just a delight. It's just a pure delight to watch him on screen. But uh, honestly, Scarlett Johansson is terrific as the center of the film and Florence Pugh who plays her, her 
sort of like sister type character, Yelena Belova. She is fantastic in this movie. And she was kind of this unknown quantity. Obviously, a lot of the marketing has been focused on their dynamic and their relationship. And she's kind of, I mean, she's a rising star uh, and, uh, you know, she's winning awards and people are starting to recognize her name out there. But she's a new entry into the MCU like this. And she's got a really big platform in this film and she totally delivers. She's poking holes and, and has a real sass and a great sense of uh, humor about everything. The dynamic between Florence Pugh and Scarlett Johansson is just wonderful. It's great to see them on screen together. Okay, you got a plan or shall I just stay duck and cover? My plan was to drive us away. Well, your plan sucks. Honestly, this kind of weird family that David Harbour and Rachel Weisz and Florence Pugh and Scarlett Johansson kind of concoct together, create together, is just so charming, you know? Like, all of the action stuff is really fun. It's got echoes of things that we've seen in previous MCU. It doesn't get as big or as epic as things we might see in a Thor film or an Avengers massive mega team-up movie or something like that. Uh, but it does scale quite large there there is some you know super catastrophic elements and moments in this film for sure but the reason why i enjoyed it so much is i just liked watching all of these performers on screen together they're they're terrific in their roles and they're terrific as a group trying to fi you know figure out how to solve the issues and the problems that are that, that they're facing within the story here um, it's not perfect, it's not my favorite of the MCU films, but I think it fits up snugly with the Captain America flicks that I really, really love. And I think it was something that needed to happen with the Black Widow character. I think Scarlett Johansson has just been such a rock-solid contributor to the MCU all the way along. She's an interesting character from the comics, and Scarlett Johansson's portrayal has been great all the way. And I felt like this movie Although it's not the full sort of celebration of what the role is, uh, it's definitely a step in the right direction. And honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing more MCU prequel movies. I, I wouldn't mind seeing another Black Widow movie. I don't know if that's even possible or that's going to happen. But, you know, it was great to lose myself in this espionage-tinged, character-rich story. Black Widow is a blast. Uh, and if you're a Marvel fan, an MCU fan, I think you're going to have a big smile on your face. I really enjoyed this one. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. So there you go. There's a little recap of some of the Marvel madness that's been going on at the Electric Playground. Thank you so much for listening and for subscribing. And if you can take a couple minutes to review, we'd be very appreciative of that as well. We'll see you soon. And until then, play forever.